We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. It's hard to win the golden boot without taking penalties, so maybe he'll let Hosen take some, though. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, interesting call. Maybe he's trying to take a little bit off of a little bit of pressure off of his goal scoring responsibilities. Throwing uh, <laughs> that at Hosen. I don't know. Wow, what a leader taking pressure off himself and putting it onto his teammates. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. This is J.D. Bazo. I'm here with Skylar Redpath. No Andrew Laird tonight. He's expecting the third Lairdito in the family. Um... I, I guess calling into the delivery room to expect a a tactical breakdown of the New England Revolution at Philadelphia Union is out of the question. Um, so so we're left with Skyler and myself. Um, this is a little DraftKings pod for our loyal loyal listeners. Our regular season long podcast. Uh, we're leaning a little more toward the season long game this year for MLS. But uh, since the slates are sizable the prize pools are sizable this weekend uh, and it's the first one we thought we'd throw you guys a bone and uh run through the games uh what's going on Skyler? not too much man mls is back pretty pretty pumped up and i'm actually pretty pleased to see some like you said sizable contests in the DraftKings lobby for opening weekend so um you'll definitely catch me in some of those looking forward to it 
All of those, actually, yeah, I'm sure. So. All of them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know me too well. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to brush by this first slate here. It's Columbus uh, at Toronto, Atlanta at Houston. Um, a, a lot of the names are the same guys we know and used a ton last year. Toronto's lineup might shift a little bit because they were in CONCACAF Champions League and uh, still are going to be in it coming up. So maybe you'll see a couple of guys rested as they start their uh, their defense of last year's MLS Cup Championship. But uh, any thoughts on the first two games real quick here? Yeah, just real quick on D. I'm, I'm uh, interested to see what Toronto does at right back. You know, Aro has been – he started both Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League games – for Toronto looked really good, energetic up and down the right flank, um, and he's reasonably priced 4,900. But uh, a couple hundred bucks less is Gregory Vanderweel, um, who is oddly enough wearing the number nine jersey for Toronto FC this season. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to be uh, supposedly going to be a, a right back. So um, he. Everything I've heard and seen some video of him, he looks really good, really exciting on the wing, and looks like a guy that's going to be involved in the attack and obviously be able to help pick up clean sheets on that Toronto back line. So I'm interested to see which one of those guys are rolled out. If Vanderweel's in, then I'm playing that early slate, then he's probably in my lineup. Um, and then one other guy on the opposite end that I'm looking at kind of keying in on, he's... 3,900 Milton Valenzuela, who was brought in as a uh, designated player for Columbus Crew, 19 years old. Um, you know, for me, I, I kind of like to take a wait-and-see approach with a lot of young blood, new faces in the league. But 3,900, he's pretty much locked into that starting left-back role for the crew. Um, I don't know. I kind of like that one. Any thoughts on Valenzuela? I'm with you on Valenzuela. I think he had a, a pretty exceptional preseason for his age, and I think he's quickly going to be one of the uh, – probably in the top half of left backs anyway. They're going to let him get forward um, with the crew. So I totally agree there. And actually even cheaper is another similar player, but on the – I believe at the right back spot for Atlanta is Franco Escobar is 2,800. And I think he's going to have a, a similar effect with Atlanta as Valenzuela will with Columbus. So the defense is going to be pretty easy in this first game to pick, I think. Yeah, it feels like, obviously, with so many new players on a lot of these slates, there's going to be a lot of value to exploit. So it's a matter of finding it, keeping an eye out for starting lineups. And if you don't know, if you're not familiar with some of these guys, then do a quick, you know, quick Google search, whatever. Like, try to figure out what their skill set is. Are the guys that um, play on the wing, take set pieces, like, you know, there's things you can do, even if you're not familiar with some of these guys, to figure out, oh, this guy's 3,900. It looks like he's starting at right wing. Like, do I need to get him in or not? Um, I'm not saying base your picks off of Google, but there's a lot of guys that um, people are going to be unfamiliar with this season, at least off the bat. Yeah, I think part of this first podcast, we're hopefully going to touch on most of the, the new faces that are going to be worth considering uh, this season just very quickly. Um but the one the one area on these different slates we're looking at um, that I actually had trouble with my salary cap is this next one, which is the four-game Saturday slate on DraftKings. Um, I just barely am not able to squeeze in the people I want to get, um, even though there's still a lot of cheap new options. So why don't we jump to that? The first game is New England at Philadelphia. What do you think about this game? 
Man, you're just you're just rolling right by the the attacking picks on that early slate. Like no no Javinko love, nothing like that. Like I think it's all understood, and we uh, I think we can fit literally anyone we want in if we <laughs> use the cheap defenders. Uh, but go ahead. I mean, Javinko is a good call. I think Joseph Martinez is my favorite for the Golden Boot right now. So he's up there, even though he had a an up and down preseason. What do you think? Yeah, I think. Opening game, opening weekend is always, I mean, MLS in general is always just a mixed bag. You never know what you're going to get. Opening weekend, especially, you know, teams are still kind of gelling and whatnot. I think on an early two-game slate like this, you really just kind of got to look at which team you think might have the better matchup out of the gate. And for me, it feels like Toronto here. So, yeah, I might try to try to find a way to get Javinko in and – then look for some values to emerge once the the lineups come out and build around build off of that. So, but yeah, All right, let's, I, let's let's jump to the the main slate. I'm I'm not. I mean, I'll play a two game slate, but it just it's 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 kind of hard talking out the two game slate here. So yeah, that's that's barely even an appetizer. That's like when you order <laughs> you order cheese sticks and they bring out like three or something. Uh, right. I'm we, not I'm not making any uh, any bold predictions here saying to play Javinko. So. Right. All right. So New England, Philadelphia, this is the hardest, one of the hardest games of the weekend for me to call because I think they both have some fantasy worthy options. They both are, are going to be up and down teams throughout the season. Uh, what do you think about New England under Brad Friedel on the road? Yeah, I don't like them right out of the gate. Um, I like Philly in this spot. I feel like Philadelphia has made more off-season moves to bolster their team, and New England's kind of gone backwards, it feels like. So, you know, and you've got Philadelphia at home, season opener, David Akam's home opener, potentially uh, Barrett DeCall. Is it DeCall? Dockle? I, I think it's – I guess it's DeCall. I know he's not going to start. Um, they say it's already Fontana. Okay. So it sounds like he's going to be in there, a teenager at the number 10. And they also have Aaron Trusty, who I believe is 19 and playing center back. And it, they have like a four-way positional battle at center back in Philadelphia. But Trusty's the only one that sounds kind of locked in. Um, Jack Elliott and Richie Marquez have been like a standout. Last year was um, Elliott. The year before was Marquez. And they were both considered like great up-and-coming center backs. And it sounds like Marquez struggled last year. They're both struggling a little bit this preseason. So I, I don't know. New England's attack is, I think, pretty formidable, even without Lee Wynn. They have uh, Pania on the left wing, who's uh, he's a loney from Pachuca, I believe, very fast. He had a really good preseason. And then you have Fagundes, you have Rowe. I think there's some fantasy value there. I'm I'm not sure what the health status of Agadello is. I know he was dealing with a little bit in the preseason of an injury, but I think he'll be back. Um, and I know Brad Friedel wants to play kind of like a pr- uh, pressing system, so it might it might open up some mistakes from Philadelphia and lead to scoring opportunities for New England. But at the same time, I think I think Philadelphia's in an okay spot. Um, I just think Philly's going to have to really put it on the shoulders of Akam and Sapong because I don't see them creating like a ton of chances against New England when they're coming out with a lot of pressure in the first game. I'm not expecting Philadelphia to be as composed as they would, say, three months into the year. Yeah, those are all good points. And, yeah, you're right with uh, Pania. He's a guy that I'd 
did kind of catch my eye over the preseason. He's quick. He's exciting to watch. And I think he's going to be, I mean, especially if wins out for the rest of the season and, or who knows what's going to happen with them, but I think they're going to have to lean on Pania right off, out of the gate. They just don't have a ton of attacking options, and Pania's only 5,200 here. He might be worth a flyer if he's in the starting lineup. Um, let's see, what's Fagunda's price set here? 59, I think, and that's a great price considering he could be playing a little more central. He has kind of the playmaker role. He was taking some corners in the preseason. And, I mean, Fagunda's. it seems like he's been in the league uh, longer than I've been following it since basically since he's like 17 or whatever. Um, he's only 23. So, I mean, yeah. maybe Brad Friedel's kind of a little extra boost to him. It, it all depends, but I know that as much as I, I kind of laughed at Friedel, it sounds like he has a lot of respect from the players to start the year. So, um, I don't know if Fungunez is also forward eligible and he's a little bit more of an accumulator than your normal forward. So right. he, he's, He's definitely in the conversation for me. I like him a lot this week. Yeah, I think all that said, I think that he's probably the guy to target if you do want some some New England exposure. Um, I think he's probably going to be on set pieces for him. So, yeah, and occupying an, a forward slot with a, a set piece taker, 5,900. Um, most slates sign me up for that. Um, still going to tinker with my lineup before I lock him in. But, yeah, I might be on board with Fagundes on this one. Cool, cool. The other guy I have from New England is Gabriel Somi. He's uh, going to be left back probably over Chris Tierney. It sounds like he's fast. He likes to join the attack. He might not have the magical left foot that we knew Tierney for like three years ago, but it sounds like he should be a pretty good option. And DraftKings is already pricing him uh, fairly highly, I believe. He's 4500 So it would take a little bit of a leap of faith. But if you have the cash because you bought some of these cheap guys, I think Somi is going to be a pretty solid option. He better be if he's taking over for my boy Tierney. That's, uh, I mean, that was like my go-to if I ever saw Tierney in the lineup. Then you could almost count that, count on that he'd be in my lineups. And uh, you know, I realize he's get he's getting up there in age, um, but I guess maybe he's sticking around as a veteran presence. He might he might get the random run out here and there, and I'll probably throw him in my lineup. So. Yeah, Tierney was hot garbage last year, but um... <laughs> he had he had his moments. A few, a few. Everyone in MLS seems to have their moments, though. Um, what about what about Philly? Fontana's for playing the number ten role. He's thirty two hundred dollars. That's a good price. I think Akam and Sapong are are priced uh, a little expensive. Sapong is really reasonable, sixty seven hundred. But I'm I'm not really reaching for any Philadelphia plays other than uh, those three. How about you? Yeah, Fontana's interesting for sure. I don't realize. Um, I I realize that the call is kind of up in the air, but I, I went 100% up until now that he's not starting. But yeah, if, that, if this kid's starting 3,200, he might be one of those uh, plays that you kind of build around just to, in order to squeeze some of the big guns in. I'm going to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, as far as like Akam and Sapongo, then I'll definitely have exposure to him in that big MLS season opener. I say big. I mean, it's big for MLS purposes, like comparatively speaking, looking at last season. Yeah, what is it, 3500 is the big one? Yeah, $3,500, $5 entry, 500 bucks a first. I think you can throw in 24 entries. So, <laughs> you know. I'll yeah, I, I know you know that. <laughs> I'm kind of mapping out, plotting out my, my attack here. So we'll see. 
Gotcha. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm ready to move on to the next one. How about you, DC at Orlando? Let's do it. Uh, this one's interesting because Dom Dwyer and Sasha Kleshton are both out. Another promising young attacker for Orlando, Josue Coleman, is most likely going to miss as well. But they still have a lot of fantasy options, I feel like. Maybe not a lot, but enough that uh, I'm considering some guys from Orlando at home. DC, I think, also is going to have a much more exciting attack this year, even if they're not clicking right away. Luciano Acosta is out for the first week, but um, your boy Zoltan is still in the middle. So why don't we just look at this game from a, a broad perspective and give me a couple plays you like. Yeah, right off the bat, I mean, you said it with Question being out, with Coleman being out, which he he could have been on set pieces. I think Yotun is probably going to be over the majority of set pieces, which he was towards the end of last season. And he racked up points pretty quick on DraftKings. I feel like this is going to be another spot where he's capable of doing that, especially with Question out of the mix. Once those guys are back involved, I won't be quite as high on Yotun, but I feel like um, for the opening day slate, then he's in a really good spot, even though you are going to have to pay for the most expensive midfielder on the slate. I think that um, there's good reason for that there. Um, as far as anybody else, you said Dwyer was out for Orlando. So you've got a $4,800 forward and Stefano Pino potentially starting in his place. That's a pretty good value starting at home on opening day when you know, you know, Teams want to have a good performance in front of their home fans opening day. Not saying, like, that's the only reason I would pick him, but if he's the starting forward at 4,800, you know, he's going to have some opportunities, frees up some salary. So I could probably see myself with some Pino exposure and some lineups. Yeah, I think I mentioned on the podcast on Tuesday, it was more season-long focus, but I'm, he had a hat trick against an MLS team last year in – U.S. Open Cup. So Pino, I think, is definitely worth a look at 4,800. I don't know how many peripheral points he's really going to be earning us, but the the chance for a goal against D.C. is uh, pretty good here. So I, I like that pick a lot. Um, I think he still has a lot of good support behind him. There's still going to be Justin Miram, who's 6,100, and I think that's an all right look as well. But um, what do you think about the D.C. attack? Do you think that uh, they're going to come out of the gate looking strong? you think it's going to take a while? Um, and Paul Ariola is is pretty exciting. You have Zoltan Stieber, and then you also have Yamil Assad is only sixty one hundred dollars coming off a an amazing season for Atlanta. So I, I think they have options right away, and you could even include uh, the attack with Darren Maddox probably starting over Patrick Mullins. Um, I wouldn't really count on an Orlando clean sheet, even though I think their defense is going to be much improved. Yeah, DC is so hard to read for me. Like they brought in Darren Maddox as, as one of their big uh, attacking signings this season, and you know to his credit, he's actually done pretty good in preseason. He's scoring scoring goals and uh, making it tough, I think, for Patrick Mullins to solidify a starting role. So it's kind of you know pick your poison with those two. I don't know who's going to be starting on Saturday. Um, but from some of the guys you mentioned, Zoltan at 6,300 looks pretty good. He's a forward that's probably going to be over set pieces, some set pieces at least. I don't know with Assad in the mix now if, if Assad's going to eat into that. Um, of course, when Acosta's out there, then he'll probably be taking him. But for this game in general, then, yeah, I mean, we're talking trying to squeeze in set piece taking forwards. 
I think uh, Zoltan Stieber is, is a guy that you definitely want to look at. Yeah, he's going to be, I think, a super sub this year and until he maybe breaks into the starting lineup more. And he's very good on set pieces, so I think he's going to be in there uh, taking them a lot when he's on the field. Um, the the reason I like Maddox up top, and I think he goes really well with Areola and Assad, is they are all extremely fast. So I think especially on the road, Maddox is going to be the guy that they want to start up top because, I mean, that's that counterattack is lethal with those three um, and then kind of underneath them, you have a playmaker like Acosta or Stieber. So that's pretty exciting. I know that Orlando's fullbacks have a, a challenge ahead of them, but they're also pretty quick. So it should be a hopefully a wide-open match and a fun one to watch. I know it's one of the, my most anticipated ones of the weekend. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a little bit disappointing that Orlando's big signings, you know, the, the question, the Dwyer, they're not going to be out there, but That'll come, and yeah, I mean, I actually think that adds a little bit more of a intrigue to this game. Just see, see how some of those uh, kind of role player players that are going to have to provide depth over the course of the season are going to fare right out of the gate. All right, cool. You ready to move on? Yep. Sounds good. We have RSL at Dallas. Dallas just lost to I think the eighth place team in the Panamanian League last night. Um, in their two-leg CONCACAF Champions League match. But for what it's worth, they did dominate play. Um, They had a ton of attacking chances. They just couldn't put the finishing touch on. Um, Did you watch any of that game last night? I did. It was frustrating. Um, And you you had to know when Christian Coleman was coming on as a super sub late in the game that he was going to score and make it interesting. (laughs) it It just seemed like the way that game was going, you're like, I know Coleman's going to score right here, and, and Dallas is at least going to have a shot, and sure enough, he did. And they almost had the, the goal to make it, uh, what, 4-2 in that game, and it would have put them ahead on aggregate. Yep. Or, yeah, um, I don't know, it was crazy. Matt Hedges missed, like, multiple open headers in the box. Um, the, the defensive errors are something I don't really – I guess it's – from two years ago, I just don't associate Dallas with defensive lapses, but last year that was a large part of their collapse, and it looks like they're starting this season off on the wrong foot. They way too many mistakes in the defense from pretty much everybody involved, from Hollingshead, from um, who's their new center back? It is uh, Redo Ziegler. Um, I don't they all – they all were looking pretty bad, and so was Jesse Gonzalez. So I think Jimmy Marr is a guy to keep an eye on in goal for Dallas. But um, my highlight is Mauro Diaz looks like he's pretty much going to be more than Mauro Diaz of two years ago than the kind of the weakened version we saw last year. And yeah, Santiago – what's that? He's, Diaz is back. I mean, he, yes. he's looked really good this preseason, and even even though they lost in Champions League, like, looking good. And Santiago Mascara um, looks like a perfect complement to Diaz, another speedy – well, Diaz might not be speedy, but Mascara is, and he's a playmaker as well, a little bit of a scoring threat, probably going to play on the wing, but he certainly can play inside. He's 4,800, and I'm really considering getting him into my lineup, even though he played uh, last night a little bit. So I I don't know. Dallas's attack, I think, is – Still very good. Arudi is never scared to shoot the ball. Barrios uh, looked pretty good in the preseason, and I thought he looked pretty good in the CONCACAF Champions League, two legs. So I'm not sure who they're going to start, 
this week, but moving forward, I'm pretty excited for their attack overall. Yeah, speaking of just focusing on this DraftKings slate, like that's what worries me a little bit is just Dallas has had, uh, you know, they just played, we're recording this on Thursday, they just played a pretty intense game Wednesday with most of their starters. So a guy like Diaz very well might not start on Saturday against Salt Lake. Um, you know, I yeah, think so I, the, I think the cool we'll, thing is Mascara only played 55 minutes. Um, so I think he's more fresh than most of the starters. So that's something I, I kind of look at and am encouraged that I can hopefully count on him at 4,800 in my midfield. Yeah, no, I like that shout. And I think um, I've seen some, some projected starting lineups with Paxton Pomacall in the, in the starting lineup if Diaz doesn't go and Pomacall's 3,200. Um, worth keeping an eye on the starting lineup for that. Again, if you can find that one, you know, 33,000, 3,200 type of play that gets you eight, nine, ten points and lets you fit in the, the big guns in your set. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll be looking for him. I think he's a guy that just from some of the action that I've seen him play, then he, he can be productive. So. Uh, totally totally with you and I hope Dallas yeah I hope they play their kids a little bit more this year um, than last year I feel like they got away with that because of the CONCACAF Champions League distraction and then everything kind of fell apart with uh, the veterans partway through the year but I saw like on the road I think a lot of people are picking them as like the the dark horse to win MLS Cup or win the West or something like that I think they're going to be a little bit better than last year. Their attack uh, is very promising, but I'm not sure they're quite uh, at the level where they're going to challenge for, for serious trophies. Um, it would be a, a big, big first step to get a good result on the road here. What do you think about RSL, uh, their attack specifically? I mean, after seeing Dallas last night and seeing what, who's Tara, where are they from Panama? I mean, they, yeah. Like you said, they broke down Dallas's defense way too easily, and, and Salt Lake has the weapons to do the same exact thing. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them come in and get a result in this spot. Um guy like Rusnak I love because you know he's probably going to be swinging in multiple set pieces. Um, probably has that – comes in with that double-digit floor just off of his set piece and crossing ability. Um, he gets off shots, so – if you can find the funds for a Rusnak, then I'm all for him on this slate. I'm not. I, a lot of times last season, I'd probably hesitate a little bit uh, to play a uh, road team playing at Dallas, but I just I don't have that kind of same inkling just from what I've seen so far for, from Dallas. Yeah, I'm with you. Like you said, FC Taro um, just killed Dallas on the counter with their speed. Um, that's exactly the kind of attack that RSL has. So, like, if Plata and Savarino are on the wings, which I assume they will be, uh, that could really be deadly. I think Rusnak, there's a little bit of a risk. He he does float around a lot, but um, FC Dallas still plays very tight in the, the center of their midfield. Um, I'm really not that hesitant on Rusnak, even considering that, though. But um, I, I feel like I only want to take one attacker. And I'm leaning towards Savarino right now out of the three. He just – he seems like he's pretty sneaky, consistent, and he has both the, the assisting and goal-scoring uh, capabilities. He's a little cheaper. So that that's where I'm leaning. But you can't go wrong with any of them 
And it's also worth noting that Alfredo Ortunio came over from La Liga. He's only 4,900, and he's probably going to start at the uh, the center forward spot for RSL. Um, like we said, given Dallas's defensive struggles, I think he's a name to keep an eye on. I don't know that I'm going with him this weekend, but he could have a strong year. Yeah, no, I like that shot. I mean, I, RSL's attack is, is fun to watch. Saverino, especially last season. And I'm I'm interested to kind of see how he builds off of last season and, and see how Salt Lake uses them um, this season. So they, they've got some good players for sure. And, and yeah, if Dallas, if they're coming in, um, you know, lack of motivation after getting knocked out in a, a game, a series that they were probably counting on winning and being a part of Champions League quarterfinals, you know, I mean, they're, yeah, I, they're just not in a good place entering the season, so I could totally see Salt Lake's attack exploiting that. Yeah. I mean, it it totally wouldn't surprise me if we're talking about Dallas at the end of the season as, like, the best team in the league, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll probably squeak into the playoffs, and they'll be they'll be a more exciting team this year than last year, but we can't count on them to be the juggernaut that they were two years ago. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, last game, San Jose hosting Minnesota. This is the one that uh, everyone is circling for fantasy purposes, I'm sure. Um, why don't you just name the entire San Jose roster, and we can move on. Yeah, you got to start from the top with uh, Vaco probably going to be taking set pieces. Potentially, Shea Salinas, if he starts at left back, he might eat into some of those. Those are the two guys that I've kind of – got circled from this game, but I mean, you can't overlook a guy like Danny Hosen, who's had a great preseason scoring goals and with their new coach, probably going to be playing them in more of a natural uh, central center forward role that he's used to playing. So I don't know. I mean, I've, he's caught my eye this preseason. You've got Wando out there predicting that Hosen might even win or make a run at the golden boot. I don't think he said he would win it, but he said he's, he's a candidate. Um, and then they've brought in Magnus Eriksson in the offseason, who is, I believe he led the Swedish league in scoring uh, a year or two ago. So they've got some attacking weapons, and that's always been kind of their their uh, downfall in the past. I mean, they've had Wando, but he's getting up there in age, and he is on the brink of, of breaking the all-time MLS goal-scoring record, so I think you got to play into that narrative somewhat. But, yeah, I mean, at home against Minnesota in, a, in the – season opener like they're in a great spot here yeah minnesota is pretty dreadful defensively it looks like again but they're missing sam cronin who probably is their most important defensive player even though he's a defensive midfielder uh the center back spot just is not resolved at all uh i don't know i i think minnesota's fans kind of are excited for soccer to be back but they're not excited about this team at all they're already kind of reserved to the thinking that they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's an easy call for me to, to stack San Jose here, but you don't want to go crazy. Um, it's the first week, maybe their attack doesn't connect completely. So I wouldn't go with like four attackers, but Hosen, I think is a great call. Vaco, Salinas, they were already in my lineup. Um, I don't know. Wando is a little pricey, but I, Wando is 
do you think Wanda is guaranteed to take like every penalty they get to help get him past this uh, 11 goals he needs or 13 or whatever it is? Yeah, I think he'll still be on penalties. He has up until this point, so I don't see any reason that that changes, especially with that kind of hanging over him. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good penalty taker, so I don't I don't see any reason to change that up. I agree. I agree. It's hard to win the golden boot without taking penalties, so maybe he'll let Hosen take some, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, interesting call. Maybe he's trying to take a little bit off of – little bit of pressure off of his goal-scoring responsibilities. Throwing that at his, and I don't know. Wow, what a leader taking pressure off himself and putting it onto his teammate. <laughs> yeah, I I think Erickson's a, might be a trap this week. I want to watch him first. I don't. The problem with San Jose has always been that they get all these pieces and none of them seem to fit together. So right. it it honestly kind of feels that way again for me this year. Um, I know DraftKings positional, uh, preferences aren't the, the way to judge this, but Wando, Hosen, and Erickson are all listed as forwards, um, which is kind of annoying after they made the forward slash mid designation, like throw me a bone with one or two of those guys, MLS.com, their fantasy game has Hosen as a mid, um, I do think he should be a forward, but the positional flexibility would be nice on this slate. But um, I, I don't know. I need to see San Jose put everything together before I really rely on them week in, week out. It's just too great of a matchup this week for me to to not go uh, 50% in on them. Yeah, I think on if you just break this slate down and look at it, then, yeah, they're, they're the team that jumps off the, the chart as the best matchup on paper. Um, again, like we said at the top of the show, it just MLS is MLS. I mean, you never know if Minnesota comes in and, and pulls somehow pulls off a result here. Like it wouldn't surprise me too much on opening day, but I just I, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on San Jose. I, I will throw out a Minnesota play here that that I actually do like, and I think it's going to bring some value to some lineups and. Uh, Interested to see if he starts for sure, but he has been starting in preseason. Tyrone Mears, 2,900 on the back right. Um, looks like he's locked down the starting job on the right side for them in the back line. Anybody that's kept up with MLS over the past few years, like he, when he was at Seattle, then he was getting up and down the flank and was a player that was getting involved in the attack too. And feels like he's going to have to have that same type of role with Minnesota if they're going to have any any type of attack down the flanks. So, I don't know. I like him. At, I mean, mainly that it's the price that jumps out at me for a starting wingback. Like, those are the kind of plays that you need for value on this slate. Yeah, I'm totally with you. He was the one guy I really felt like we should mention from Minnesota. I think he he could definitely get toasted uh, defensively. But when Andrew was, I think he, last night he was messaging us for some reason uh, about to have the third child, and he's messaging us about <laughs> – set-piece takers for the MLS cheat sheet. Now, if that's not dedication, I don't know what is. But uh, I threw Mears out as a guy that might take some corners or some set pieces. Um, he's probably not likely for, like, the most dangerous goal-scoring opportunity ones, but from the, the ones from the outside swing him into the box, I think he's definitely a, a candidate. He's taken corners before in his career. 
and at 2900 you can't ask for too much more um so that that's a good call if you really need to open up some salary like i said i i was kind of struggling too on this slate but if i used him i would easily be able to fit everybody in so yeah um, at 2900 i mean even if you get 3 points like it's not going to probably not going to kill your lineup 100% because it's going to hopefully the hope is that it'll open up enough funds that your the guys that you paid up for will go off to where you know, a three-pointer from years won't won't hurt you, but who knows? Maybe in a new system, a new setup for him, like I could see a seven, eight, you know, even ten-point game out of him. Yeah, it just depends if he's on set pieces. I know, pe- I guess people think Ibsen's going to be, but he's thirty-four this year. I don't think he's going to be the fantasy uh, kind of dark horse out of nowhere that he was last year. So, the other note is just that Abu Danladi and Christian Ramirez are kind of back and forth up top in the preseason. I don't know who's going to take that job over. It's hard to believe that it wouldn't be Ramirez, but Dan Lottie needs to get in there too because he's a promising young player. So uh, Minnesota's attack has some potential once they figure out the the best combination, um, especially if Kevin Molino breaks out of uh, his slump from last year. But right now I, I couldn't care too much less about Minnesota's attack. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I guess – throw one more name out there just for good measures. If Sam Nicholson's in the starting lineup, you mentioned Ibsen um, taking set pieces. Nicholson took a good chunk of them last season. I could see him being over some again, especially if you're going off of the fact that Ibsen's, you know, just getting to the point where he's not quite as productive. I mean, if he's out there, then I'm sure he's probably going to take some, but um, Nicholson's a guy that had some, he actually turned up with some pretty decent DraftKings performances last season so i'm gonna watch them in certain matchups probably not this one though sounds good you want to move on to the sunday slate support for this podcast comes from wild turkey kentucky straight bourbon whiskey let's tune in to their one-on-one with jamal a real bartender from old fourth ward in atlanta i really get into the backstory of whatever i'm pouring out of respect there are literally years of experience behind these bottles wild turkey same recipe since 1942 if you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Yeah, are we Are we going to look at the, I guess, the Yahoo pricing on this one? Yeah, so let's give Yahoo some credit. They have their MLS contest up for the weekend. Suggested everybody go uh, look over there to play as well. There's some decent-sized prize pools. And... Um, I, I really like the Yahoo product. They have the Sunday prices up for us, and DraftKings doesn't have their Sunday contest up yet. So let's let's reference Yahoo. There is a ton of value plays on this slate. You can make a whole lineup of guys that are $12 or cheaper, and I think you would compete. Um, so salary cap is not going to be an issue. It's going to be purely who do you think is going to be the best plays, put them in your lineup, which is good and bad. But um, it, yeah, it's I've... the first week, so – yeah, just looking at this initial glance, I mean, yeah, it's you can pretty much put anybody you want in your lineup on this slate. I think I think the Saturday slate is similar. They're just I think with the Yahoo pricing, there's probably just so much uncertainty with some of these new guys, where to price them and that's going to correct itself over the course of the season, but this is an opportunity for anybody that's that really get digs in and is familiar with some of these players like this is a time for you to to exploit that pricing right now. So 
Yeah, maybe yeah, like uh, podcast listeners specifically, right? That's right. That's right. That's why they're listening, right? <laughs> All right, let let's roll through the games here. Uh, the the Sunday slate, I think, has much more attacking power than the Saturday one does. Um, the first one is LAFC debut game in Seattle. Uh, this one should be should be pretty handily taken care of by Seattle, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, across the board, I'm loading up on Seattle. I'm not, I'm not going to make any any mistake about it. Like it's just thinking back to last season when Minnesota United made their MLS debut. Like it just feels like LAFC is kind of in that same position. Like it it just feels like they aren't even they're they've hardly even put a team together and <laughs> Now they they show up at Seattle, one of the toughest places to play in MLS in general. Um, it's just it's a smash spot, I think, for Seattle here. And there's I don't think there's any reason to avoid jamming in as many Sounders as you can, especially on a site like Yahoo, where you can where you can uh, play multiple players on a team like that. Ladero's eighteen bucks. Like, come on, <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's a dream uh, dream Sounders setup right here for me. Yeah, so Ladero, a lot of people are saying he had Ladero had a down year last year, blah blah blah. Um, maybe in pure goal and assist terms, but if you listen to the American Soccer Analysis Western Conference preview, some of the stats they drop about Seattle and uh, Ladero are pr- extremely interesting. Um, totally stealing their stat, but I'm giving them credit here so I can say it. Ladero had like 900 some final third passes in the league. Second place was 600. Uh, it was like 300 less final third passes than Ladero had. Um, was second place in the entire league. I think it was Yamil Assad, but I could be totally wrong there. Um, I just think this is Ladero's game, especially with Jordan Morris out. I think Clint Dempsey's a for 25 bucks. I'm not going to be using him too often on Yahoo, but this week I definitely am. And uh, I'll, I'll watch and see with some of the other guys. I know Victor Rodriguez could be promising. You really like uh, Wolf? Is that what's that guy's deal? You're you're super into Wolf Eriksson or whatever, and uh, I I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, I feel like he's in for a big season, and you know he's an attacking. He is more of an attacking central mid, so can't really say like the Morris injury affects him too much but I do feel like like you said with uh with Ladero and with Dempsey like these guys are gonna have to step up and and fill that scoring void not like Morris was a prolific goal scorer but he he brought a lot to that attack and um I feel like Wolf's gonna be kind of thrown into the fire um he I believe he's he was another Swedish league product had a lot of success over there and uh, Sounders, from everything I can tell, are really high on them. It feels like they're going to put a lot on them this season. So I'm on board with it. I just I don't know if he's going to start right out of the gate. So that's something to to keep an eye out. What's he priced at on this Yahoo slate? Ten bucks, pretty much. He's, yeah, almost all the new guys are twelve. <laughs> yeah, I think Vela's even twelve bucks, which is which is nuts. Um, yeah, and he has a little bit of an injury coming into this game. But Carlos Vela for twelve dollars a that really was tempting for me to put in my lineup, even though I think Seattle's going to dominate. Yeah, and I mean, when you see a guy like that for 12 bucks, and then 
Let's see, let's see who we can compare that with for almost double. You've got uh, Fernando Adi at 22, a cool 10 million or 10 bucks more than uh, Carlos Vela. Yeah, and Diego Rossi, they're promising other young winger is ten bucks. So if you think LAFC are going to have any kind of an offensive uh, posture in this game, I think it it would be not a bad idea to grab one of them. Um, Seattle is playing tonight in Concacaf Champions League, and their fullbacks are definitely greener than they have been lately. I think it's going to be Nuhu Tolo, who's who's pretty strong, but on the other side, it's Scotty McCrary. Um, who never even started was able to start for New England really after being a a pretty high draft pick two years ago or three years ago. So it, I'm not sure what to think of that. I definitely want to watch Seattle's uh, wing backs see how they play because they've always supported the attack pretty well in the last couple of years. Um, should be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um... You know, Leardam's a guy that was pretty high on our radar last season. I think he's going to have a good season when he's uh, healthy and fit. But I think to start the year out, then he's he's hurt right now. So um, avoid him. But, yeah, I mean, if you can find some value in guys like McCrary, then let's go for it. All right, you down to move on to Montreal at Vancouver? Yeah, did I did I make it clear enough that I'm loading up on Seattle? On this slate, <laughs> I I didn't know we wanted to be that obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's just yeah. I love Seattle this slate across the board. MLS fantasy and everything. Like I'm gonna try to get as much exposure. Even Will Bruin's gonna be in some of my lineups, guys. So. I'm I'm honestly considering him <laughs> season long. So. Uh, yeah, seven million's not a bad price. It's a really good price. Um, if you if you now that we have the different switcheroo options, he's definitely kind of a, a consideration in season long. Um, anyway, Vancouver, talk about another team with a great matchup. They're at home. They're playing a Montreal team that is entering the season with like one okay center back. He's probably still below average. Um, I know this is like time for Kai Kamara to eat, right? Yeah, I love this spot for Kai. Like season opener, home opener for, for Kamara. And um, did you, did you mention Montreal's issues at the back? I mean, they've, I think they've got uh, some issues along their back line. Some guys are hurt. Um, they haven't been super impressive in the, in the preseason. So, and yeah, I mean, Kai Kamara, I feel like he fits this system in Vancouver. Like they're going to be swinging crosses into him left and right. So, yeah, I like Kai here. Totally agree. I like a lot of the the Vancouver guys. It's really hard to pinpoint like specific ones each game because it's Takara or Rania. Um, Bolaños is gone, fortunately, so that's one less guy we have to worry about. Um, I don't know. Kai Kamara is like one of the guys, though. He can challenge for like four headers a game, and maybe that's it as far as like his action in the middle of the box. And then another day it seems like the ball is literally gravitating towards him every single play. Like every time the team touches the ball, Kamara is the target. Um, I imagine that's how it's going to be in Vancouver to start the year. But let's like count Montreal out because their attack's very good. They obviously have Piotti. Um, nothing else really matters, but they have Saphir Tider this year coming over. $10. Yes, $10. <laughs> 
And I honestly think he's going to be a poor man's Jay Miley. He's going to fill much, many of the similar roles, um, plays a pretty similar style, maybe even more energetic than Jay Miley. Um, mm-hmm. And he can hit a really good shot from distance like Jay Miley. So I, I think he kind of fits in perfectly there. He's going to be on most set pieces, I predict. Um, it's not like Vancouver is the the best defensive team we've ever seen, and they're on turf, sort of, <laughs> whatever you call it. So I, I don't know. It should be interesting. It's a, a good first game, two Canadian teams. Um, the other guy, I guess, to mention is Alfonso Davies, who looks like he's going to be starting more often than not in his age 17, I guess, season, right? Or 17 to 18 years old. He's only 11 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 11 bucks. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to bring you much more than, than goal-scoring upside. Like, he's not really going to bring you any of the peripherals. But, I mean, that aside, like 11 bucks for a guy that could have a hand in, in multiple goals, then, yeah, that's that's a pretty good price in a matchup like this. And if you've missed uh, the highlights from preseason and you didn't see his box-to-box goal at Las Vegas, go look it up right now. It was, that just kind of showcased his ability, his speed. And uh, he's he's somebody I, I just love watching play. He's fun to watch. So um, aside from this slate, like, yeah, it's, he's a guy I'm going to keep my eye on throughout the season. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Let's roll on. We have New York City at Kansas City. Really tough one for me. Um. I think there's a lot of talented players on both sides. Not too many of them jump out for fantasy purposes this week. Yeah, looking through the player pool here, um, one one player I was actually I had my eye on, and I'll probably be deploying him as a defender on on sites that have him listed as a defender because that's his his role now. Graham Zusi is listed as a forward here, so that pretty much rules him out for me. Um, I don't know. I like him as a defender because I think. With Fellhaber gone, like I know they brought Croze in, um, but I feel like Zussi is going to have to take on some of that attacking responsibility, set pieces and whatnot. And I don't know. I wish he was a, def- a defender here. I guess <laughs> I'm trying to say. Uh, I think not, he will but... be. He will be soon, probably. But Kansas City have a lot of new guys. They have Felipe Gutierrez, who has played for the Chilean national team before. He's going to kind of take up part of Failhaber's role in the middle of the field. Then, like you said, they have Croizet on one wing. They have Johnny Russell uh, on another. Gerso Fernandez probably isn't even starting this year. Um, and in the middle of the field, it sounds like Kerry Shelton is going to start at the number nine role, which is wild because Diego Rubio had a, a heck of a second half of the season last year um, and seems like a promising young forward. So they – SKC have a lot of options. They feel a little bit like San Jose usually does in that I don't know how they're all going to work together. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But um, a guy like Gutierrez is definitely going to accumulate points both offensively and defensively. So $10, I think he's a steal. It's just a matter of there's so many other good attacking choices on this slate. I don't know if I need to go dig that deep this soon in the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I think, um, yeah, I mean, Corey's at 10 looks attractive, but 
you said it from the get-go on this on this matchup. It's it's a hard one to read, and it might just be one to to avoid altogether with with the matchups like Seattle, LAFC, and Vancouver, Montreal. Um, I just I, other than like a David Villa or maybe one of the value picks, like I don't know who else I would feel well rolling out here. Yeah, Jesus Medina is probably going to start on a wing, right? And he's ten bucks. He's another promising South American uh, young player. I think he's a young designated player uh, for NYCFC this year. Another guy I'm looking at is Anton Tinnerholm for NYCFC. Fullback, but it sounds like he really gets up the field, loves to join the attack, and I he's been having a pretty good preseason so far. And if he's starting on the opposite wing from Ronald Moderita, I mean, that's an insane two guys to send, uh, like, kind of bombarding up the pitch. Uh, so NYCFC could be extremely dangerous this year. I'm I'm excited to watch once they figure things out. Yeah, likewise. Now, I think both those guys that you mentioned, Medina and Tenerholm, are guys that are pretty high on my radar in the right matchup. I'm just not sure on this slate if I'm if I'm buying in just yet on the road at Kansas City. I could totally see him being produ- productive, but just not as good of a spot, I feel like, as some of these other guys are in. Yeah, I hear you. I think the the defender spot's definitely the toughest to fill on this slate because there's a ton of good attackers, but not a lot of fullbacks that I love. So Tinnerholm right now, it looks like he's going to be in my lineup. I'm not positive, but um, I, I can move on if you're ready to move on. Yeah, let's go. All right, last game, Los Angeles Galaxy after an extremely disappointing season. They are back, and they are hosting Portland. Uh, talk about two groups of attacking players that we love to use for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I mean, and LA's got Ola Kamara up top now. Like, they actually are, you know, they're they're a team, it feels like they're a team that I'm going to want to target a lot more this season, at least in the attacking end. He, of course, you've had Alessandrini in the mix um, last season, and now uh, Sebastian Legette's coming back, like, it feels like I'm going to actually have some options from LA that I like to play other than Alessandrini. So no. And then, yeah, on the Portland side, um, I put an article out on MLSsoccer.com today, just throwing out some values that kind of emerge from preseason. And Samuel Armenteros is a guy that um, you guys got to keep an eye out for. This guy's exciting to watch. Just looks like a absolute bull in a China shop type of player. Like he's, He's a beast out there. I mean, he he uh, has a nose for a goal and a lot of fun to watch. He's going to score some goals this season. So um, he's $10 too, like a lot of these new guys are. So he, I don't know if I'm going to play him here in this in this spot, but um, if he draws a start, which, again, it's the last game of the slate, so you're kind of counting. You're probably going to want to stick him in like a utility slot if you do plan on using somebody like that. Um, but no, he's, he's a guy that I, I have my eye on for Portland for sure. Yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble not going all in on Armenteros like right away this season. He looks extremely good. It's kind of not fair cause he was, uh, in shape from Syria, uh, coming into the preseason, but, um, he makes Fernando Adi look pretty bad. I know Fernando Adi's coming back from a, kind of an injury riddled season last year but if if those two get it going at the same time up top for Portland it sounds like a a 442 diamond is a 
an option, that would be pretty scary. I I am a little concerned about Portland's defense to start the year. Um, Diego Chara is not going to be playing in the first game. Um, and Gian, Gianni Savarese, their coach, he likes to play more of a high-pressure system. And he also likes to play the offsides trap. Um, I don't think Portland's defenders are built for the offsides trap, at, at least not their center defenders. And the Galaxy or team, I think, can definitely exploit that. I mean, Alessandrini, Ola Kamara makes some of the smartest runs in the league as a, a center forward. Um, and then the Dos Santos brothers, it's a World Cup year, so they're motivated for the first time in four years. Um, could be a really fun attack in Los Angeles. So I think this one could be wide open. Um, we haven't even mentioned Diego Valeri yet. We haven't mentioned Sebastian Blanco. Um, you know, there's other guys, uh, $10 minimum, Andy Pollo, who's a Peruvian uh, attacker, plays for the national team, going to be in the World Cup this year. He's with Portland as well. Um, there's just a ton of options in this game, and it, it's one of the ones I'm most excited to watch as well, probably the second after D.C. Orlando. Okay. I think, I mean, I feel like Seattle LAFC is mainly just because for one, I just kind of want to see what LAFC puts out on the field, see what Bob Bradley's going to come out with just right out of the gate. Like, I'm not discounting this team, but it just feels like they've just really kind of, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't even feel like they've put a, a complete team together yet, and they're still trying to figure <laughs> figure out where where players are going to fall into place. I just I don't see them being successful this season at all. So I don't know. I kind of want to see what Seattle does there. I guess I'm a little hesitant to go 100% all in on Seattle, but I don't know. You know, they are playing, we're recording this on a Thursday night, they are playing a CONCACAF Champions League second leg tonight. So that's what's, that's where the little bit of hesitation might be coming from. But I just, I feel like that's probably the game I'm I'm circling to watch this weekend. Yeah, for fantasy purposes, I think it's great for Seattle. I, the game itself, I don't know. I just, I guess, I think Seattle is just going to dominate, and it won't be that much fun. But I am excited for LAFC. They just signed a good midfielder, Atuesta, um, pretty young defensive midfielder, and I think he makes that team a lot better right away. And they're talking about getting a, a Portuguese center midfielder, Horta. And I think he also would make the the team pretty exciting. So they are going to fill it out. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And as we've seen from prior MLS seasons, you pretty much just have to start trying halfway through, and you still have a pretty good shot at the playoffs. So as long as you're not like New England or Philadelphia or Minnesota, uh, just sign some people in the summer window, and you're still probably good to go. No, yeah, those are good points. Like I'm – LAFC have some talented players. That's no doubt. Like they've got some really good players. It's just, I'm wondering how it's all going to come together. And as with any new team, like, I mean, they're going up against teams that have been pretty much the same unit, you know, plus or minus a few pieces here and there as seasons change, but just for multiple years. And it just, I feel, it feels like Minnesota 2.0 right, right here. Maybe LAFC (laughs) will prove me wrong, but I don't know. I think they're going to be better than Minnesota when all is said said and done this year. Uh, they they just have much more exciting players to me. So uh, it will be fun to watch. I think it's going to be a good season. 
I actually think we're set up for for like some better young exciting players than we've had ever in MLS. Maybe not as many young exciting American players as we would like, but uh it's kind of fun to watch the the league become kind of a breeding ground for for great young talent. Um and it's definitely going to affect how we play fantasy this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, it's uh, exciting times. All right, well, this is probably the best DraftKings slate we're going to get of the season in terms of monetary prizes. So to everybody else, I would say good luck. If you have any questions, hit Skylar I up on Twitter, and we'll be, we'll be happy to help as we're rushing around to also construct all of our lineups. So any final thoughts, Skylar? No, I think that's about it. Um, jump in the, the contest this weekend and fill them up and hopefully give DraftKings and Yahoo reason to, to keep posting some, some reasonable size contests. Yeah, totally agree. And hopefully next week we'll be back with the, uh, the full team. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, enjoy the opening weekend of Major League Soccer. Yep, good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.